Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name's Nick Ingvall, and I'm with my guy. Oh, man, I'm doing great. What's going on, man? How you doing? Just another good day to talk some sneakers. Yeah, lots of cool news to talk about. Um... Nike kind of kind of owning the conversation this this week with with some of the stuff that they're dropping. So um, looking forward to talking about that. Before we get into it, I uh, wanted to give a shout out to Kicking It With for the review on iTunes. Uh, it says awesome podcast. So I'm a big fan of the podcast. Love the conversation and the topics. It's always very insightful to hear different takes on kicks. Only criticism is the audio. Sometimes the audio sounds like someone is losing reception and person cuts in and out on the conversation. Regardless of that, I enjoy listening. Keep up the good work. So thank you, Kicking It With. Uh, we did switch up the audio, so hopefully everybody noticed the last couple of episodes have been on a different platform. We've gotten a lot of good feedback from it, so you know, shout out to our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash sneakerhistory for basically supporting us and, and, and helping us get this new platform. So hopefully... That solves the issues that, that you're talking about there, kicking it with, and everybody else that's given us that feedback recently too. We're 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 listening and we're trying to make it better for you. Um, you know, being everybody's in a different spot, we want to bring the different perspectives, but sometimes that comes with a little bit of a challenge uh, doing this over the web. So, um, but regardless, we appreciate you all listening. We appreciate you taking the time to leave us the feedback, and um, yeah, so. Mike, what are you yeah, rocking? Man. What are you copping so, this episode? My cop list probably could take 20 minutes, but we'll, we'll cut it down. Uh, but today I was rocking my Benji uh, Nike SBs. They finally came in the mail a couple days ago, so I got to break them out today. And dude, these things are super dope, super underrated. Um, I know they don't have a typical swoosh on the side, but the all the all the uh, embossed uh swooshes all over the shoe shoe just give it a whole different character so it's really cool i think people should give this one a second look if they if they have it and what i'm trying to cop is everything right now (laughs) uh really top um, i guess top two on my radar would be the lebron seven all-star game and then the uh still the dunk low plums Man, I really want to get a pair of those. Both of them, actually. What about you, man? What you been rocking? Um, so I kind of been back on my Reebok uh, Iverson kick the last few days. Um, Rock Dancer fives the last two days, and 
today I rocked some uh, question Ooh. lows, the kind of uh, just like the all black pair. Um, it's a, I think it's like a 2001 release or something. It's kind of like got a like um, black and silver, uh, um, silver logos, but basically just an all yeah. black pair, um, like semi translucent outsole. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm like a crazy Reebok question collector and I haven't been, uh, I feel I haven't been repping the, the questions or the Iverson stuff as, as much as I should, because that's like, like hands down, like one of the most important signature lines to me. And like one of my favorite athletes, favorite human beings in general. But, um, I think I'm back on it. I might, I might, uh, I might try to do some, some, uh, you know, share share some of the collection and just run through some some of the questions that i have i might wait till after all star to get through some more just because um there's obviously a lot of stuff going and coming for all star but uh on my radar uh yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you there's like a million things happening right now it's hard to even keep track of everything that you really want to get your hands on um but the one that stood out that that i saw earlier today um, which I will likely never get my hands on, but it was a Hiroshi Fujiwara uh, fragment Air Jordan 34. Oh yeah. Which I mean, it's just I love the 34. It's absolutely one of my favorite like Jordan models at this point. Um, but to see those colors on it and the, and the little like subtle fragment, you know, lightning bolt logo, like damn, I would love to get my get a pair of those. But um, yeah, that's uh, I think unfortunately just wishful thinking. Man, I don't. I wish they would come out. I think he just likes to troll us sometimes. He's like, "Hey guys, look what I got." Okay, not, they're never coming out. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where once you have access to the people that can make it happen, and once you have that kind of access at Nike, you might as well sample up everything that you possibly want because oh, yeah. you never know if it's if it. If it just hits right and you're just like ready when you see it come, you know, show up with that first sample, you know, it's it's just a matter of getting people excited and, and getting the shoe produced. So it's worth trying this. Um, and I, I love that he's so consistent with the Nike stuff, like keeping the same kind of like, you know, black and white and royal um, yeah. color up, you know, like I, uh, I think um, I'm pretty sure his birthday is actually tomorrow. So. I'll shoot the oh. link uh, in the in the description for this episode, but uh, I kind of we kind of ran through maybe last year some of his best, and it's hard mm-hmm. for me to not like every time I see those colors on a Jordan, I just think of that Jordan three sample that he wore, and it's like damn, so so crazy. So, uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm rocking. That's what I'm I'm looking at or wishfully copping this week. Um, but let's uh let's let's get into this. Uh, this this innovation stuff that Nike's throwing our way. Um, I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you start it off because you you had the had the, the kind of list to get us going. So yeah, so I want to say this was unveiled during the Nike's presentation. Uh, they had New York for New York Fashion Week, which is going on now, but they unveiled uh, a new model, which is gonna be looks like it's gonna have a few different silhouettes in the model. Uh, four to be exact, and it's called the Nike Space Hippie Collection. And simple enough, the silhouettes are just the 01, 02, 03, and 04. 
But the really cool thing is, is that they're inspired by, they say, life on Mars where materials are scarce and there's no resupply mission coming your way. So what basically happened, they took all these scraps from different shoes and different apparel that these weren't using in the company, and they basically just built shoes from them. So what's really cool is that you're not going to just be given the same, again, not the same silhouette. You're going to have four different, and they're going to vary between having laces, being laceless, and even they're going to incorporate fly ease into uh, into the, to the mix that way. Everyone can join in on this particular innovation. Now, cool thing is, is that the fly knit yarn that they use for the sneaker is actually going to be 85%. They call our poly, which is going to be made from recycled plastic, water bottles, t-shirts, and then yarn scraps. So basically anything they have floating around the factory floor, they're just snatching up and, and building shoes up from it. And then the, uh, the cushioning uh, is called crater foam. And what it does, it uses 15% of Nike's like grounded up rubber combined with you know 100 recycled foam material so everything in the shoe has been basically recycled to a degree and it's really cool um now there's no no price points i didn't see for it yet i would assume we may hit a pretty it might be a pretty good premium on them because again once you do something new like this, you, you have to figure out the most, not only sustainable way to do it, but the, the most cost-effective way to do it. So I feel like this might this go around, you may be looking at 200 plus for these, but they're really cool. Like they're, I feel like you're not going to get the same, no one's going to have the same shoe in a sense of the way the materials look and the patterns on them. It's just really, really different. And I'm, I'm happy to see them. Not only being sustainable, but giving us something different. So I think it's pretty dope. Yeah, I agree, man. I think, um, you know, the sustainability thing is really important to me. Like if you um, if you follow me anywhere else, you probably see me talking about it. Like last year, um, I kind of started committing to uh, ditching things like straws and started carrying metal straws. And this year, um, my goal is to... Uh, use as little disposable plastic as possible so um, you know it's it's just one of those things where I just I can't imagine it you know it's it's nothing for me to to either carry some straws or um, you know like just buy something in a glass bottle instead of buying the plastic stuff you know so um, I've yeah. been trying to make those changes in my life and you know it's it's tough because we're all creatures of habit and we we have our you know our go-to spots and that doesn't always align. And, and of course nobody likes paper straws. Like it's like the worst thing ever. So, um, but <laughs> I, I think that, you know, Nike putting this out there and, um, you know, at least moving towards it, um, is a good, is a step in the right direction for them. Um, if you, if you, are new, relatively new to this podcast. Um, I used to be a part of a podcast called Outside the Box with Tiffany Beers, um, who designed the Nike Mag and, and Hyper Adapt um, back in you know a few years back, and Jacques Slade, Cousteau on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and on that podcast we really dove into those kind of crazy technologies that are kind of shaping, I guess, the the future of footwear. Um, 
and and we talked about stuff like I mean, there's shoes made out of gum. There's shoes made out of pineapple leather. There's shoes made from, you know, everything you could possibly imagine, right? So um, I'm excited to see Nike kind of moving towards this because I think a lot of companies have tried in different ways. Uh, and the footwear business is very, uh, it's very like, you know, wasteful. And it, it just is going to take us like having people in these companies saying, Hey, we could do a little bit better on this, you know, and it's not going to hurt anybody. Right. Like I, I, I actually think these like styles are really dope. They're actually pretty, you know, kind of like spot on for, you know, the, the trends that, that we're seeing anyway. So it's like, why not? Right. Um, but I'll be curious to see what the price point you know, is on these because a lot of times the early stuff, especially from, you know, the bigger brands ends up coming out like crazy high price and you deter the people that, you know, really want to live that kind of like more minimal lifestyle or minimalist lifestyle. So that, that'll be kind of fascinating. I think that the, the variations, you know, the, obviously having stuff for men, women, flies concept, laceless, they've got a, they've got a good mix. Um, and I hope this is like, you know, the springboard to saying, hey, we can do this 100%. You know, we can go from that 15% recycled rubber in the, in the outsole midsole and go full on, you know, because there's plenty of companies that are already doing it. And, uh, you know, I think Nike is like the cool, always the cool kid on the block that kind of sets the trends. So um, if they're able to do this and able to push it a little bit further then, you know, maybe this is like that, that springboard that, that sends it, you know, kind of into the, to the next level of, um, sustainability for them. And I don't think that's a bad thing for anybody. So. Yeah, dude, I agree. I mean, everyone's been becoming more conscious about the sustainability and that's a good thing. If it's going to be a competition between all the brands who's going to be more sustainable first. That just means that the product's going to be better because everyone's going to be vying for our attention as consumers. So I, th- I think it's great that everyone started getting on that, that same plane of thought. And I mean, we have Adidas has been doing it with Parley uh, that everyone has their mission to become you know sustainable by whatever year may be. So now we're just waiting to see the kind of the fruits of their labor and see you know, not necessarily which one's better, but you know who's making like strides quicker and how their how their innovations differ. Most definitely, other. and I, I think too, like you know, the the thing about you know, it sounds like I'm picking on Nike, and I don't mean it to come across that way, but Nike is really good at at you know, kind of taking other people's ideas or you know, tech, approaches to technology and like throwing their own you know steroids on it and making it cool and doing it in a, in a much like more like everyone's about this kind of a way. And I really hope that that's what this is like to me, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm looking at this from, you know, just like purely the sustainability aspect, it's not like groundbreaking, right? It's like, you know, 15% here, 85% here, like, okay, cool. Your steps in the right direction, right? You know, Nike's done this a, new, a number of times over the years. 
but this seems to be the first where they're like, okay, we're really, you know, we got a little collection. You've got a lot more, you know, kind of um, potential for this to become something more long term rather than just like a quick hit that hits a trend and, you know, shows that they're doing things consciously. So I'm really hoping that that, that that's kind of what happens with this is that yeah. it it is, you know, stuff where they've, you know, started to work towards these technologies or, or seen them around the neighborhood up there in Portland and been like, okay, cool, we can do this. If, if these outdoor companies are doing this, then we can do this and we can take it, you know, kind of to the next level. Um, and if they are able to do that, it's, it's better for everyone, right? So um, I, really, I really like to see this success. And I, I mm-hmm. think, too, like it, it pushes other companies to um, not necessarily follow suit, but, you know, the more people are talking about this, the better it is for everyone. So, you know, just, just Nike being the, the kind of thought leader and the pioneer in the, in the footwear business and, uh, you know, the, the kind of like top dog in the footwear business and in almost all accounts, right. Is really like a, a great thing for them to like put out so much info on this and, and have such a deep story and, and, you know, kind of have a lot of energy around it to, to launch it this way because, you know, they don't necessarily do it that way normally for these kind of, you know, it's, it's not a, uh, it's not like a mainstream sneaker release. Right. So it's, it's cool that they're, they're putting this kind of energy behind it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause typically you only see this kind of energy beside next to something that's either a big collection coming out. Uh, that's, probably something we're going to talk about here in a few minutes or, you know, Jordan collaboration or whatever it may be. I'm glad to see this is getting as much play as, you know, a Travis Scott collaboration or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, like you said, launching um, fashion week in New York is obviously a pretty big deal. And I think, um, I guess related since, since I'm staring at it right now, it's worth (laughs) mentioning. I don't know that we were, planning on it but um you know the nike rubber dunk off-white virgil abloh collab it's uh like a black with like some some bright green uh accents on it and essentially it's like looks like a dunk but they threw in like a kind of i mean it's just it's it's virgil to a t right it's like taking old skate shoe elements and throwing them on a on a nike dunk silhouette and turn it into kind of a, a new thing yeah. uh i'm i'm kind of curious to see how people will respond to this it is definitely not um, – it's like it's off-white, so it's going to sell out. But I feel like it's it's like stepping into that like ASAP Rocky, you know, Under Armour shoe where it's like you're almost ripping off too much of skate culture. I mean, <laughs> skate culture drives a ton of this stuff anyway, and I think it always kind of has where it's like you it's either basketball or skateboarding, right? One of those two things drives most of the thought in this world. Um, but I don't know, man. What do you think of this one? Eh, those have never been. Uh, those have never really been my cup of tea. Like I looked at the style of shoe, I didn't realize it was a dunk. Cause I didn't when I first saw pictures, just a picture on Instagram, and it wasn't a. Didn't say dunk. It just showed just a picture of like the, the black and green. I thought it was just one of his off-white shoes. It looks like one of his, you know, quote-unquote high-fashion shoes. Mm-hmm. 
and you have to really dig into like the details to see the dunk. So, I mean, I have the same sentiment as you. I think it's going to sell out because of what it is and who it is. Personally, I don't, I don't like it that much. All right, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I could go either way on it. You know, I, I'm not like a huge off-white Virgil fan. I feel like, you know, I feel like he's he's riding the wave and it's it's great. Like it's bringing energy to the business. But none of the designs are like wow factor to me. Um, and I would say the same thing about this one. I think that it's it's got a lot of unique things. You know, it's it clearly the upper doesn't look like a dunk, but like you know, midsole outsole is obviously a dunk, and you know, put a visible mm-hmm. air unit in it. And I could see this becoming like a, a trendy thing, and you know, doing new colorways and. Or maybe even do an old colorways on this new style of the dunk, and you know. But I think also, being that like that the upper is covered in a bunch of different you know like rubber um, elements, rubber swoosh, that kind of stuff, and obviously called the rubber dunk. It's kind of funny that this comes out the same time as the you know the sustainability collection <laughs> you took the word right where, it's like, where it's like okay cool like you got you're doing things in both directions but like do you really care about any of the stuff you're doing or is it just like oh we're just gonna hit every trend and and put it in a you know in a different in front of a different group of people so um yeah like we'll see what happens which one sticks yeah, to the wall exactly um but i don't know um i would love to know what everybody thinks about about this one and and honestly like the the sustainability thing. I wonder, like, if you listen to this podcast, leave us a comment. Do you even think about sustainability when you're buying footwear? Like, that, to me, is, like, I, I don't know. I feel like to some, to, to certain people, it's always a thought. And um, I'm trying to be that way, personally. But it, it, it doesn't always work that way. And, you know, I think, I think it's okay to... to you know, step into those kind of worlds and be like, hey, you know, maybe it's one day a week I'm going to try to think about, hey, what what is this shoe really made of? What's going on with it? Was it made, you know, by people that, that are actually paid a living wage? Was it, you know, made out of recycled materials or, you know, I, you know, all the different variables that you can think about. But I think it's just cool that, you know, we're we're trying to think about those things. And, and I'd love to know, like, if anybody's out there listening has suggestions on any kind of, like, crazy sustainable shoes that you've seen. Like like I said, there's, you know, shoes made out of gum and pineapple leather. And, um, you know, I, I'm also um, equally as interested on the other side of it. And this is part of me, you know, being friends with Tiffany Beers because her thing was not necessarily about making a shoe out of recycled materials but what happens to that shoe after the shoe is worn because that's the one thing that we don't talk about right and it's like okay you made this shoe out of you know x amount percentage of recycled materials but what could potentially happen is like you know looking at like virgil's off-white shoe okay certain pieces of that could be recycled again but some of it can't be recycled again because it has to be separated from those other materials so it's just an interesting thing to to kind of think about and i'd love to know what everybody listening is uh has what what's your thoughts on this kind of whole 
trend or whatever you want to call it is. So, um, but uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say I remember actually listening to that uh, the episode. It's funny I very like vividly remember listening to the episode with you guys. Uh, you know, some time back, and when you said that, what, what Tiffany was mentioning, it brought another thought to me. Is I remember her saying that, you know, things can only be recycled so many times before they just can't mm-hmm. be used anymore. So I wonder what's going to be the usage rate of this, these Nike shoes, or even anybody, just Nike for the sake of argument, because that's the shoe we're talking about with the space AP. But can they be actually used again after they serve their purpose as a shoe? Or have they been, you know, stretched out, done whatever, they've just been ground and beat so much that they can't be using anything again, they end up actually being trash. So I wonder what that looks like. Yeah, well. you know, and I think I think that's that's like the real questions, right? And um, I haven't I haven't seen anybody asking those tougher questions, um, you know, with this launch and with the you know the few kind of like short interviews that I've seen, and it's not a knock to to people because like, you know, you're 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 just trying to find out about the story anyway, so like it's not like top of mind, but I do think that the further down this path mm-hmm. we go, like we should talk about those things, right? And and I think you know my my perspective is always like, is this going to be the best for the footwear business? Right? Like I want the footwear business to be as successful as possible because like, I really, uh, you know, I've made incredible friends in this world. I've been able to do just on things that I never thought I would be able to do and, you know, worked with uh, like tons of different brands. And to me, like being able to continue to do those things and making sure that the business itself continues to grow in ways that challenge our, our kind of like status quo and um, kind of push the envelope, you know, in just the way that we think is, is an important piece of, of, you know, where I feel I fit in this world. So um, that's definitely one of those mm-hmm. things where I hope that we get to a point that this is always the topic um, for every release. You know, I think we're a long ways off from that. But I think this is a good starting point from it, and um, yeah, man. I mean, it's a, uh, it's 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 fascinating to to see the kind of the 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 level of energy around this, and you know, Nike obviously doesn't do that very frequently with collections. Um, you might see like mm-hmm. a, a Nike news story on the, on their website, but um, to to kind of have this as a part of the whole you know Fashion Week and the launch events that were going on for you know the the kind of bigger influencer media people that were invited to New York to see this stuff is uh, it's it's really cool to see that this is kind of front and center one of the most uh, the most important things it seems like so, but. Yeah. So, hey, taking steps in the right direction. I mean, the harder questions are going to come later, but I, I can say, you know, I applaud, applaud them for taking steps in the right direction because I know I I have no shame in admitting that I don't think about sustainability whenever I'm buying a shoe. I'm like, oh, I really like this. I want to buy it. 
So I'm glad that they're putting something like this in the forefront of our of our sneaker media where people like me who can actually take a step back and because this is honestly like, yeah, I, I, we do research about shoes that we talk about, which is great. We like to know the history about them just because that's what we are. We're sneaker nerds. Love it. But I actually sat and like watched a video on this one today. I, I did some background reading. Like I, I didn't just read Nike, but I read different takes from all the websites because I got I was truly interested in see how how it was done and I can really appreciate that. So hey, they if this was their mission to get someone like me to take a step back and think about the sustainability, well, hopefully there's more like me who will continue to think like that. So really cool and. Something I'm gonna have to again continue to work on and yeah, definitely keep man. that in the forefront of my uh, mind. I guess like kind of like hopping over to the other side of uh, the world for a minute. Um, the uh, the Nike designs <laughs> for like the skate teams in the Olympics in Tokyo 2020 uh, are pretty awesome. Like, I, I mean, I love that it's like um, a very it's like it's like very skate it's very like out there um but also it's like super like traditional in a lot of ways um just in the sense of like you've got like the button-ups and the polos and you know that kind of stuff but uh nike basically has um like has done like the the kits or uniforms for you know uh i think what was it? France, Brazil, um, and they they partnered with with the artist Para, who's uh, obviously pretty well known in the sneaker world. Done plenty of collabs, and I just think it's super dope. You know, like I I personally was a little hesitant to hear that skateboarding was going to be in the Olympics. Um, it's almost like going back to the days when Nike stepped into skateboarding in the first place, and I was super against it um, because. I just felt like, you know, you bring, you bring such crazy corporate energy into a sport that's built on rebelliousness. Um, I just didn't see the vision. And eventually they started hiring people, you know, that I looked up to in the skate world. So this is kind of cool to see this next evolution of skateboarding as a sport, you know, and I, I think like, you know, Nike SB sponsored Rob Deerdick's street league skateboarding stuff, you know, Obviously, they've had a crazy team of, of skaters since, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. But this is um, this is really dope to see them kind of throw, like, the, the um, like, they got the basketball jerseys. They've got, like, the, the polo button-ups. They've got, like, the, the kind of, like, uh, jumpsuit for the women. Um, it, it, it's still, even though it's, like, super artistic, super Olympic, it's very skateboarding to me and so i i'm really like loving these designs so i found every one of my summer fits right here uh <laughs> i will rock every country just this this is actually the first time i've looked at them i overlooked it when i was looking at some other uh other stores today and man these are all so legit like the whole thing and I've always loved skateboarding too, and I, I when I found out that Olympics were gonna be in the, uh, I'm sorry, in Olympics, the skateboard was gonna be in the Olympics for 2020. I 
I think I pay even more attention than I typically do, and I typically watch pretty much every competition is televised. But I really watched it this year because Street League was part of the Olympic qualifier along with the X Games, and I want to say a couple of the stops to do tour were part of the Olympic qualifiers. And, uh, you know, you got guys like Nigel Houston, uh, Yuto Origami. Um, this is going to be super awesome to see these, these top skaters get into a not just a, a a niche competition, but they're going to be on the world stage, and they're going to be probably, no, hands down the coolest uniforms that any sports scene. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it's, it's so dope. I mean, it's, it's so hard to explain. Cause it's just like, I don't know. You look at like the Olympics and it's, it's almost like old school tennis, right? It's like, it, it feels so <laughs> stuck in an era. And I think that, I think that has a lot to do with why people haven't been watching as much in recent years. So, um, this is very, uh, I'm sure some people will be offended by it cause it's not super traditional, but like there, everything is done inspired by the art is inspired by different elements from the, the countries, right? So it's U S Brazil and France. And you've got like, you know, like the, the Brazilian flag colors, but like in a para twisted way and, you know, in like, you know, like typical like basketball jersey or you know soccer football jersey type like you know it's and and it's like this is skateboarding right like taking all these pieces and like spinning it in your own way and it's just always about the individual out individuality of it because you you don't yeah. skate as a team typically right like yeah you go skate with your friends but like you're out there trying to best your own self all the time so um yeah i'm really i'm really into this stuff uh hopefully I can get my hands on some of it if they do end up releasing like some, you know, kind of consumer. Oh, they have to give like at least a basketball so. jerseys, something. Like this, I'm well, remember, remember yeah, hopefully 2000, so. I guess it would be 2012 Olympics. Um, that's when we first got the introduction to the fly net. They, they, that's when Nike really pushed hard with getting Olympic product out to us. It was awesome uh, yeah I, I hope this is the same push because they hadn't done it since because just like you said people kind of tuned out of the olympics because they were just like eh, you know same old same old but man like i love when this kind of this and world cup when it comes around i love the parallel i always just kind of wait to see what's going to be released and just we already know that because para get the jerseys there's going to be a dunk and another SB to come along with it. I'm just patiently waiting. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so I, I guess we should touch on that since since we are t- a sneaker podcast. <laughs> um, they they uh, they do have like the Bruin React, which uh, essentially is like suede upper, uh, React foam sole, uh, kind of with like a traditional like um, herringbone outsole. And I think it's it's uh you know it's interesting to see them kind of bring and react into skate shoes, right? Like the Bruins kind of always been the Bruin, the Blazer, those like old school basketball silhouettes always tend to be reworked in the, into skate, you know, silhouettes anyway. But you know, react. I don't think there has been a skate shoe yet 
you might you might be able to prove me wrong on that. Because um, the last shoe I think I can think of that I felt should have had it was Nige's, and I don't remember that it did. So um, I thought it was just a zoom zoom unit. But yeah, I mean, like it, it really does open up a lot of possibilities for them to do some cool stuff. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what comes. Yeah, from this. man. So excited. <laughs> I get. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just I love seeing. I love sportwear items, but not necessarily in the sense of like leisure sportwear. Like I will wear like basketball jerseys, you know, all that good stuff just on a daily basis. And I love just seeing the new uniforms and stuff that they're coming out with. So I, it would be super cool if they, if part of it, the U S men's national uh, basketball team as well, but I don't think we'll get that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you never know. I wouldn't put it past them, but we'll keep an eye out. Um, so I guess like on the same, same, uh, note, we'll be keeping an eye out for, uh, the, the, the zoom vapor fly next percent, right? Because it's not going to be banned for the Olympics. Like originally, um, kind of was reported that it was a possibility. They were looking into it and, uh, the other, or like, I guess just in the last couple days, Nike, essentially came out and, and unveiled a handful of new um, a handful of new not not all obviously the same vaporfly next percent but like a handful of new zoom X uh, you know shoes with like the carbon um, plate that was the kind of I guess the talking point of the possibility of a band shoe Um I think they look amazing. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like, to be honest, like the, the, the black and lime green reminds me too much of StockX. So it's that part I don't <laughs> like, but um, the, the shoes themselves look great. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm other than I know the price point of, of any of that, like, you know, high end stuff on the running side is two fifty three hundred dollars $300. So that'll be tough. But um I don't know. What do you think about what do you think about this whole Nike? I, I think they're calling it the Zoom Nike Zoom collection or something yeah. like that. Well, not everything's a next because there's a couple. The next percent, I think it has to do with that plate. So anything with the plate, I could be wrong, but just looking at the different models and reading about them, I think that's the next percent is the the plate uh, or the incorporation of it, I should say. But man, I, you know, just like talking about the Olympic gear, I this I'm looking at these sneakers, and kind of getting the same feeling of seeing the, again the U.S. men's basketball team taking the podium in the, the Volt, Flyknit trainer. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, man, I loved it immediately, and that's what I feel with these. I mean, they all have that kind of altitude, colorway that like the black and that real bright green. But, oh, man, it's super cool. I mean, you're right. Those those running shoes that's going to utilize a carbon fiber plate, and they increase the Zoom X foam in it. Um, and then they're going ahead and put two Zoom AirPods in a forefoot. That's just sick. And they have a training shoe that's going to be releasing for 200 bucks, which is kind of makes sense. It sets the baseline. But the Zoom BB... NXT with the React foam 
and then the two zoom units in the forefront under forefoot, I'm buying that basketball shoe. I don't care what color it is. I am buying that basketball shoe. That's literally everything I've been looking for in a basketball shoe. And 180, I I paid 184 a pair of Jordan retros that hurt. So <laughs> I'm buying these. They come out July 1st in that uh, black and, and green colorway. Yeah, I mean, and I think just the silhouette too, like, uh, you know, Obviously, the the double stack zoom, the react, like the shoe is going to feel phenomenal as long as as long as there's no weird things going on in the liner, where you know you get that weird rubbing. Like yeah, it's it's an easy home run of a shoe. But also just in like the style, it's like the perfect like blend of what's going on at Nike right now. Like I look at the shoe, I first saw it and I was like, oh, that could be like a, a new a new version of the Kyrie, or maybe a new version of the PG. It's kind of got a little bit of the Durant look to it. Like it's all of it kind of thrown into one, a little bit more um, streamlined silhouette. And, you know, to me, that's like, like a beautiful way to put something out, especially that is so kind of, uh, you know, I, I guess like in, in game changing. I hate using that term because I feel like it's not, it's not really, it's like, okay, cool. They move some stuff around. <laughs> But like it really does kind of feel like this shoe is yeah like the progression of a few years worth of like trying different things and like okay cool we're finally we're finally here so um, yeah man that's gonna be a good one. Well, it's supposed to be the successor to the uh, to the hyperdunk because I mean clearly we all saw how the alpha dunk did not really hit among the masses like the hyperdunk did. So I'm re- reading more about it. This is supposed to be the successor of the hyperdunk in that, um, I don't want to call it general because the hyperdunk was not a general basketball shoe. It was probably one of the best basketball shoes ever. But I guess the flagship Nike model, I think is supposed to take that that mantle up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. You know, hopefully we see a lot of this in the Olympics. Hopefully, I, I think, you know, I think um, like the zoom, the Viper fly, which is like the more track spike looking shoe um, and the zoom victory, which is the other track spike looking shoe. I think those, you know, I'm sure we'll see them and we'll see them in some crazy colors for the, you know, for the Olympics. Um, It kind of, you know, going, going like on a little bit of a nostalgic trip. It like makes me think of like the all gold, um, that the all gold Nikes that I can't remember the model off the top of my head. Michael Johnson, Michael Johnson wore where it's like, yeah. I mean, it just stood out so much. Right. So, um, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those. Yeah, man. It's just one of those like crazy, crazy things that N- Nike is just so good at putting all of these elements together for a story. Right. So, um, yeah, well, there's a, uh, there's a next percent air zoom mercurial soccer boot coming out, which I'm really interested to see how they're going to do that with, with the soccer cleat. That's going to be freaking awesome. Mercurials are, even if you don't play soccer, you have to appreciate the design of the mercurial. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just one of those like kind of iconic sneakers, right? So um oh yeah yeah i forgot like the the michael johnson shoe was the j the jst it was like uh the black the original like the 
released pair, not the spikes, but the released pair that was more like the the um, just a traditional running shoe was the it was like black with the gold stripes, right? And then you know they did the, the spike yeah. version for track in all gold for him for the Olympics. That's right, the JST. Man, that shoe was crazy too because it was super super like low profile. You know, it was. Uh, I mean, this is like 1998, right? So you can kind of imagine it's a. Uh, I would say it was like a Talaria, but slimmed down, and you know, kind of more of a one piece upper, um, and you know, like it, it's it's almost just like we're talking about, right? It's it was so kind of advanced for its time and ahead of its time that. Oh yeah, I could just see this time. this whole lineup, you know, with the the Alpha Fly and and these others being that moment for a lot of different athletes at the Olympics. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think I realized I'm way too excited for these shoes. I hope some of you guys out there are excited as I am because I cannot wait for the summertime when they start pumping these bad boys out and just seeing them on. On TV because I'm I'm a big fan of those big sport events like again the Olympics World Cup uh, I'm a big tennis fan so I watch all of the majors so and those big events like that I'm in front of the TV for for days yeah man I uh, I will definitely be tuning in for as much of it as I can I uh, think that I think that the Olympics are um, are just an underrated you know, event, we, we've forgotten how important they are. And, um, I don't know that he listens to the podcast, mm-hmm. but my, my homie James, his little sister, uh, Grace will more than likely be competing. Um, I, I can't, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but Grace Stark, if you watch the Olympics and you see Grace, uh, throw out some positive vibes for her. Cause like, it would be amazing to have somebody, um, you know, nice. within arm's reach that is competing on that high of a level. So, uh, she's uh she runs like the, I think the hundred meter hurdle and the two hundred, yeah yeah, um but oh, dang, okay. yeah it's dang. uh it's a crazy world man but it's uh it's good to see all these kind of things coming I know this is like obviously a really uh, Nike heavy episode but hey man you gotta you gotta give props to them when they do this kind of stuff and they're just like hey New York Fashion Week what you forgot about fashion because we're gonna just put all this crazy stuff out here. And it's going to be almost like Nike Fashion Week, <laughs> so it's true statement. Literally, I I saw nothing else from anything from Fashion Week. I saw the Nike deal. I was like, all right, cool. Nike won Fashion Week. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> yeah. So before we get out of here, I want to just uh, shout out to the guys at Wear Testers. We're going to end up talking to them soon about some stuff going on over All Star Weekend. But um, myself and Robbie won't be able to make it out to Chicago, but Mike will be out there. So. If you're in Chicago for All-Star Weekend, holler at Mike. Mike, let them know how they can find you. Yeah, you guys always know where to find me on Sneaker History, but you always hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at MadWatcher789. And also go check out the new videos we're doing. Uh, My channel, Mike Gillery, doing some different sneaker reviews and thoughts. So we're going to get Robbie and Nick on these here soon enough so you can see their their faces as well. Yep, yep, (laughs) coming soon. Um, yeah, man. And, uh, like you can always find me at Nick Ingvall on all platforms. Uh, and, uh, most importantly, just make sure you're following sneaker history, turn on your notifications. We've been posting some, some really dope throwback videos on our Instagram. Um, follow us there. 
uh, you probably enjoy some of the videos we posted to our uh, IGTV recently. So, um, yeah. as always, we appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. See you. Hey everyone, this is Nick again. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a couple favors of you. If you're interested in more content from the Sneaker History crew, become a member of our Patreon page where we post daily content, drop exclusive episodes, and host monthly giveaways. We'll even help you hunt for your grails. Check us out at patreon.com sneakerhistory. Also, make sure you sign up for our email newsletter at sneakerhistory.com email. We send out weekly updates on the footwear business and what we're working on here at Sneaker History. Last but not least, take a second to tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how much it means to someone, and it might even plant the seeds for something even bigger. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.